what a what a day from the videos to the worship time. Would you give uh, thanks to the Lord for your worship team? Thank God for them. Aren't they incredible? Would you tell your pastor, uh, Brother, uh, Brother Matt, that you love him and thank the Lord for him and his family and God's calling him here? Pastor Jeff, would you tell Pastor Jeff that you're thankful for him and God's work in his life? And it's got to be encouraging, Jeff, for you to sit and watch all this and just see God's hand at work. I mean, that's what's so fulfilling. I was around when you all started 20 years ago and have seen your ministry grow and God work through your faithfulness and how the Lord's used you. And, and Matt, it's got to be encouraging to you to get to come here and see all this and just see that God's still at work. And church family, it's got to be encouraging to you all just to see the Lord has been at work in this place for, for 20 years and you're praying that your best days are out in front of you. Can we just rejoice together and praise the Lord? All right. Well, I am the only thing standing between you and lunch and some cake over here. I mean, so it's, ch it's challenging enough to keep folks' attention and try and preach. But well, there is cake sitting right here. It's hard for me to want to preach and just let's just have lunch and have the cake. We've already had a great celebration time. My name is Todd Gray. I work with Kentucky Baptist Convention. You are a Kentucky Baptist church, and I'm the executive director treasurer for KBC. Grew up just down the road from here around Lamasco. Y'all know where Lamasco is? I ask that question all over Kentucky. Most folks don't know. Do you know where Confederate is? All right, so I'm at home, and these are home, home folks here. It's good to be with you. I know a bunch of you, and, and it's good to connect, reconnect with some of you. You have some visitors over here from Illinois. I won't embarrass them or call them out, but um, he is the executive director and his wife for the state of Illinois Baptist, and would you all just praise the Lord for them and tell them you appreciate them being here. I'm sure that didn't embarrass him, and, but... They're, they're happy guests, and they're, I mean, they're wearing their UK colors. I don't know if they're in mourning or if they just want to be part of you all, but <laughs> it's been a tough time. I should have brought that up. Go ahead and find 1 Corinthians 15 in your Bible, if you would, please. 1 Corinthians 15. I want to speak to you on the subject of staying faithful. How many of you all have felt like giving up? Let me ask it this way. How many of you all who are followers of Jesus have felt like giving up on something significant in your life at some point. Raise your hand good and high. Even as a follower of Christ, you felt like giving up. How many, how many uh, would, let's just be real honest and have revival, how many would, would say that, that in some ways marriage can be a challenge? How many of you felt like giving up on marriage? Uh, be careful if you raise your hand. All right, you're, we're owning something here. Uh, I think if Connie was here, Connie and I would both, would both raise our hand. In fact, when we moved to Louisville to go to seminary, we were attending uh, a church there, and the pastor asked a question about, uh, you know, sometimes we even, how many of you all argued on the way to church? And before he could get out of his mouth, don't raise your hand. Our arms were both up in that service. God, year one of marriage for Connie and I was like two of those, uh, that old Dodge Ram commercial with the Rams busting heads on the side of the mountain. And, and, but we, by the grace of God, we didn't give up. How about a diet? You've, tried, you've been willing to give up on a diet. You try to eat less, and that's a, that one's easy to, to give up uh, a job. You felt like giving up on a job. Hey, how about church? Don't raise your hand on that one, but how about church? You know, we, <laughs> sorry, you're too late, preacher. I already had my hand up. <laughs> We're in a day where a lot of folks are walking away, and it's easy to give up. And, and some of us, I think, are more prone to kind of giving up. Some folks have a kind of a, a killer instinct. I think I have a quitter instinct. And some folks have like a winner gene in their DNA. I think I have a give up gene and go take a nap somewhere and just try something different. The second church I pastored was Bethel Baptist Church in Memphis, Indiana. And they were a troubled church. I mean, they, they had a lot of problems. They had a split. They were down to about 20 people. And I was in school at Louisville and Seminary. And 
they called me as their pastor, and I think they were just glad somebody was willing to come be their pastor, and, and I was glad church was willing to, to, to receive me as their pastor. And so uh, during the week, they gave me the keys to the building, and so I went out and took a tour of the place just to check it out while nobody else was there and saw the sanctuary and saw the Sunday school rooms and, and went and looked at the pastor's office. They had a pastor's study there and went in, and it was, it was just kind of stark. I mean, it was just kind of noticeable because of the lack of stuff that was in there. I mean, there was a desk, but it was an, like an old army desk, and they were keeping the legs wound together with baling wire, and there was an old file cabinet setting off to the side and all these white bookshelves, but there wasn't anything on any of them. There was nothing else in there. There was a, there was a desk chair, a green vinyl desk chair with lots of rips in the seat that were had duct tape on the seat, and the duct tape had been there long enough that it was rolled up on the sides. And So I sat down behind the desk, nothing in there. I opened up the, the drawers to the desk. The drawers were empty except the center drawer, and I pulled it out. There was one piece of paper in the center drawer, and it was a photocopy of this thing. A lot of you have seen this before. It was a pelican with a frog in its mouth, and the pelican was trying to eat the frog, and the frog had its back legs sticking out of the mouth of the pelican. The front arms and hands were around the, the throat of the pelican, and the caption said, don't ever give up. I think the last pastor was trying to tell me something. <laughs> I think he was trying to say, this is not going to be an easy ministry, but hang in there and, and don't give up. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58 in your Bibles, the Apostle Paul is talking about staying faithful. He's preaching about the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. 57 verses about the resurrection of Jesus. Then he has this kind of capstone summary application verse at the end. It's a verse for you and I. It's from Paul. It's to the Corinthians. But it's also for us as followers of Jesus Christ today. And at Crossroads Baptist Church, with 20 years behind you and 20 more years or 50 years or however long until Jesus comes out in front of you. I want to speak to you on the subject of staying faithful until Jesus comes. If you're able to stand, would you please stand just for a moment and honor the reading of God's Word. And I'll read one verse, and we'll look at this together. 1 Corinthians 15, 58 says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your toil is not in vain in the Lord. And let's pray. Father God, thank you that, that Crossroads Fellowship was, was your idea, dear Lord. You moved on Jeff's heart all those years ago and stirred his spirit, and you stirred others to come along and and join and make this church their church home. And Father God, you've so used this congregation. The lives that have been touched, the gospel's been preached, the lives that have been changed, dear Lord, not just here, but all over the world, dear Lord, because of the ministry of this church. You planted a seed in the mind of a pastor, and now you've called their next pastor, and we just give you thanks and praise. But Father God, there are days out in front of us unless you send Jesus back soon, and we want to stay faithful until he returns. So, Lord, help us this morning to fix our hearts and minds on Christ and to stay faithful at being the people he's called us to be until Jesus comes or calls us home. It's in his name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Staying faithful till Jesus comes. Three simple actions that every Christian can do. Here's the first one. Number one, if you want to stay faithful to the Lord, here's one thing that you can do. Number one is remember the faith. Remember the faith. When I say the faith, I don't mean your faith. I trust that you have faith. Many of you have indicated that you're followers of the Lord Jesus. Maybe most of you are followers of Christ. But I mean the faith, the body of Christian belief. Christian doctrine, uh, the, the, the body, of the, the word of God, the gospel is what I mean by the faith. Remember the faith. Verse 58 says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be you steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. I grew up not too far from here, and 
and uh, have a lot of family, a lot of kin folks in Trigg County and Lyon County and some in Caldwell County. And so sometimes I'll preach revival around and my folks will show up. We'll, they'll plant a, a meal somewhere and then come at wherever I'm preaching. They'll come to the, the, to the service. I don't know if they like to eat together or if they want to hear me preach. Probably a little bit of, little bit of both. I think more on the eating side with my family. But a while back, quite a while back, I was preaching at Locust Grove in, in Christian County. And uh, Ryan's was still open at that time. I don't know where Ryan's was and is. And so they wanted to meet up there. And, and they'd gotten there before I did. And there was about 10 or 12 or 15 of them. And, and I was a little bit behind them. And so there were some folks in the line behind them. And then I came in and they saw me. They said, come on up here, Todd, and join us. I said, that's okay. I'll, I'll wait in the back. And they said, come on up. And I said, no, I'm not going to jump the line. I'll, I'll wait right here. And so I started talking to the man in front of me. And his name was Fred. And, and I said, Fred, do you have any kind of a spiritual belief? He said, as a matter of fact, he said, I've been studying with the Jehovah's Witnesses. And when he said that, my heart just kind of sank. Not because I don't love Jehovah's Witnesses. Of course, I love them. But they don't believe the same thing about Jesus that your church believes. They don't teach the same thing about the Bible that, that you teach. They don't believe that you're saved by grace alone, through faith alone, and Christ alone. They really believe that they're working to earn their right standing with the Lord. And so I wanted to talk to Fred about the gospel and about grace and started trying to share with him best I could, you know. Probably shared Ephesians 2, verse 8 and 9, for just by grace you're saved through faith, that not of yourselves, a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And, and I was talking to him, and, and his eyes were kind of glazing over, and I knew I wasn't getting very far. And about that time, one of my kinfolks hollered out, and he said, Todd, come on up here. We've already paid for your meal. And I said, Fred, that's grace right there. I have no business at the front of this line. But because somebody else has paid for my meal, I get to go to the front of the line. And I have no business in heaven. But somebody else has paid the price that I have a place in heaven. I'm not good enough to get there. I haven't earned a spot in heaven. I will not get there by my own good life. But Jesus Christ, the Son of God, took my place on the cross. Jesus lived a sinless life. There's one person who's lived on this earth that deserves to be in heaven, and that is Jesus Christ, King of kings and Lord of lords. And because of Jesus, I have a place in heaven. That's the faith, and that's what we're hanging on to. We're hanging on to the fact that Jesus has saved us by himself and for himself and for his glory and for his purpose. Amen? If you want to stay faithful till Jesus comes, remember the faith. Remember the gospel. Notice in this text, in this Bible, in this chapter, first off, the faith is stated. Look back at chapter 15, verse 1. Paul says, now, I make known to you, brethren, the gospel. And there it is, the gospel, the good news of Jesus, which I preached unto you. The gospel must be preached which also you receive. The gospel must be received personally. Each of us has to come to a time in our place when we recognize the gospel is not just for others, but it's also for us. And we receive the good news of Jesus, uh, in which also you stand, by which also you are saved. The gospel, we're saved by the gospel. If you hold fast to the word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. Well, what is the gospel? Verse 3, For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scripture. The gospel is stated in this text. It's the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is the one 
who saves us. Well, not only is it stated, but it's also validated. This chapter, he says, therefore, this chapter, 57 verses of resurrection truth. The Apostle Paul is all about explaining to the Corinthians that Jesus did, in fact, raise from the dead. And because of the resurrection of Jesus, we can trust that he is able to save us. If there is no resurrection, there is no Christian faith. If there is no resurrection, we may as well eat, drink, and be merry and do whatever it is that we want to do with our life. But there is a resurrection and because of the resurrection we can trust in Jesus it's stated it's validated and then it's connected to this verse therefore my beloved brethren when you see the therefore you have to say what's it there for and it's therefore to remind us that we're called to live faithful because of what Jesus did for us on the cross his death burial and resurrection what do you do when you feel like giving up how to stay faithful to Jesus comes number one remember the faith what's true about our faith what happened to you when you got saved Romans 5 verse 1 says that you became justified with the Lord. Uh, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Declared not guilty, declared right with God. And the Bible says there's no longer any condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Romans 8 verse 1, that there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Never again to be under condemnation. What does that mean to you? What does it mean to you that your sins, if you're a Christian... Are removed as far as the east is from the west never to be brought up again what does it mean to you that though you have failed and though you've not measured up but God accepts you by grace through faith alone and Christ alone based on what Jesus did Mr. Ramona when you all went on those mission trips you could tell folks the good news of the Lord Jesus couldn't you you could tell folks that what Christ did for them on the cross and when you all spread the gospel in these other places for many of you hadn't been because you're part of this church you have gone there that you're spreading this message the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ that's the faith and the faith is powerful and we must not give up I was out door knocking in um, Radcliffe Kentucky last week and met a young man named Terrell and uh, we were just going door to door, met some folks, and shared the gospel with a Korean lady who was far from the Lord. And, and we pressed her as best we could to re receive Jesus, and she just wasn't willing. And we met Terrell and started hearing some of his story. And, and Terrell had uh, shared with us that he had been incarcerated and that he had just gotten out of prison. I said, where were you incarcerated? He said, I was over in Bell County uh, Correctional Facility, Bell County Forest. I think it's called. That's in southeastern Kentucky near Pineville is the, is the area. But then Terrell went on to say this. Terrell said, I received the Lord while I was in prison and was baptized through that ministry. And that's the faith. That's the gospel. That's the gospel we preach and the gospel that we hang on to. What do you do when you feel like giving up? How do you stay faithful until Jesus comes? The first thing is, remember the faith. Remember that Jesus saves us, that Jesus will keep us, that he'll take us home one day to be with himself. Here's the second thing. Not just remember the faith. But also remember the family. Man, I love it that your worship leader just kept referring to this as a family because that's what you all are. You are a family of the people of God. Listen to verse 15 or 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, the Apostle Paul calls them. I pastored a military church for, or Fort Campbell for about 11 years, and we were a military church. We were at 50% active duty military, about 25% retired, 25% um, civilian. Some of you folks here were part of that congregation for a while. Kent and Alice Workman were part of this church and then part of that congregation with us for, for a while. And, and um, we would have these 
whenever there's a patriotic day that came along, 4th of July or Memorial Day, something like that, we would usually do some kind of a military recognition. And we'd often use one of our soldiers and ask them maybe to bring a testimony. And uh, one year we asked Pat Daniel. Pat was a major in the U.S. Army. He had served alongside General Petraeus at Operation Central Command in Afghanistan. He was a deacon in our church, and we asked Pat to bring a testimony on one of those special days. I'll never forget what he said. He stood before the congregation. He said, when you join the Army, they tell you that you're fighting for the flag, that you're fighting for freedom, and that you're fighting for the Constitution, you're fighting for your country. But he said, I'm just going to tell you that when the bullets begin to fly and the IEDs are exploding and your Humvees under heavy fire, you're not fighting for the flag or freedom or your country. You're fighting for Bill, who's in the seat next to you. You're fighting for Juan, who's manning the gun at the top of the, the truck. You're, you're fighting for your unit that's already under heavy fire. What he was saying was that you're doing this for your family. If you want to stay faithful till Jesus comes, not only remember who it is that saved you, but remember who it is that you're part of, that you're part of the family of God. Would you just look around this room right here? These are the people of God. These are your people. How many of y'all are members of this church? Raise your hand good and high. If this is your church, well, praise the Lord for that. You're part of a congregation that, Jeff, just over 20 years ago wasn't even here. And now you all are part of a local body of believers. Notice three things about the family that you're part of. Number one, it's local. Paul says, therefore, my beloved brethren. He's talking to a local body of believers, a local church, the Corinthian church. It's loved. He says, my beloved brethren. The apostle Paul loved these people. Do any of y'all have a critical spirit? <laughs> you wouldn't admit it if you would, probably. <laughs> Sometimes I find myself just being critical. And it's really easy to be critical about the church today. It's easy to be critical about the church did this, the church didn't do this, the church should have done that. But you know the truth of the matter. That's us. We're the church, aren't we? We are the body of Christ. We are the body of believers. And God loves the church, even the ones that aren't everything that they ought to be, even the ones that are kind of messed up. The Lord loves that church. Jesus said, I'll build the church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The Lord Jesus Christ loves every local body of believers. It's local, it's loved, and it's lasting. Paul says, therefore, my beloved brethren, he connected himself in kinship with the people of God. Look back in your Bible at 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and notice some things about this particular local church. Verse 9, Paul says, or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor the covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And look at what he says. He says, such were some of you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the spirit of our God. That's who we are. We're people who've been saved by the grace of God and brought together for a greater purpose than any of us would have had on our own. Now, this is the church, and we have much in common. We sing about our unity just now, and we're called to worship together as a unified people. We, we have much in common. We have Jesus in common. Amen? We have his gospel in common. We have the promise of heaven in common. We have the fact that, that we believe the Bible is the word of God. We have that in common. But here's the truth of the matter. We just don't see eye to eye on everything, do we? Right? Well, let me prove it to you. Uh, how many of y'all are University of Kentucky basketball fans? Raise your hand good and high. All right. How many of you are U of L fans? Are there any U of L fans? We're pretty much in agreement on, on that one. <laughs> we don't agree on uh, we don't agree on every on every holiday. 
Some folks believe that, that uh, Halloween is the devil's day. Some folks think it's a pretty good day to get free, free candy for their children, right? It's a good place I can go. I can tell you one place we don't agree. We do not agree on the thermostat in the local church on Sunday morning. Amen? <laughs> All right. I promise you we don't see eye to eye on that one. I was preaching revival to church over in Christian County, and it was a, kind of a summertime revival. And it was hot outside, and we came inside, and uh, they had these stained glass windows where the sun would just kind of, when it was going down at the end of the day, would just kind of shine through those windows. And I was sitting on the front pew before the revival even started. And sweats, I mean, I'm just sweating already. And they had, uh, this was back when we had meet and greet time before COVID came along. And they got up and were shaking hands and had meet and greet. And, and I went over and looked at the thermostat. It was 83 degrees in that sanctuary. And I went and found a pastor. I said, Pastor, it is 83 degrees in here. He said, I've been about to freeze to death all week long. I said, you better get off that blood thinner. You're not going to make it through the night. <laughs> we do not see eye to eye on a thermostat in a local church. But we are the people of God, aren't we? We're called by the grace of God, saved by the grace of God, given a purpose. I asked some folks what you love about this church. In fact, I'll just do it, I'll just do it right here. This is a chance for you to participate. Uh, some of you who've joined this church in the last five years or so, tell me something that you love about Crossroads Fellowship. Just raise your hand. We'll take two or three or four or five. Yes, ma'am. family felt like felt like home didn't you felt like felt like family thank you somebody else what do you love about this ch this church fellowship raise your hand yes ma'am always preach the word of god yeah but jeff did that so i was bragging on matt's preaching just while ago to me i asked that same question they said he actually preaches the bible that's a novel concept matt just open up the bible and and preach what the word of god says somebody else raise your hand yep All right, people show up to work. Amen, right? We're called to work. Somebody else? Yep. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, praise the Lord for that. Man, somebody else? Well, that's what a church should do, isn't it? And that's the way it's supposed to work. Is it a perfect church? Jeff, you pastored here 20 years almost. Is it a perfect church? It's not a perfect church. <laughs> Matt, you've come since then. Do you affirm what Brother Jeff has just said? It's not a perfect church. It's not a perfect church because we're not perfect people, you know, and we all mess up. Somebody said if it's a perfect church, it'd stop being perfect the day you join because we're not perfect people. Y'all may have heard about the old man always trying to find the perfect church. He just went from place to place to place, joined every church in the county, finally found the perfect church that he liked. Only had two members, him and his wife, but somebody said he's starting to have some problems with her, <laughs> right? There's just no perfect church. But, boy, there's some good ones, and it's good to be part of one. And you know how to make it a better church? Pray for it. Get involved in it. Do your best you can to support it. Give financially to the work that it's doing. Tell your pastor, good job every now and then, and amen him, and, the, and give the, tell the praise team, thank you. And those who tell, help out with child care, thank them. And those who teach, and those who go on mission trips, and that's the work of the church. And so what do you do when you feel like giving up? How do you stay faithful when Jesus comes? Remember the faith, number one. Number two, remember the family. Here's the third thing, and I'll move to a close. Remember the fruit. Remember the fruit. Paul says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your toil or your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Any of y'all ever raise tobacco or 
working tobacco patch. All right. So um, I grew up on Highway 93 on the other side of Lamasco, and, and my dad always wanted to raise some tobacco. He had two boys, and he thought he ought to get some good out of them. And so we'd, he'd, he'd set out two, three, four, five acres of tobacco every year. It didn't matter how much it was. It was always a lot of work. And, and, um, but I watched Dad worry about a tobacco crop from the minute it was in the ground until he had a check in his, in his hand. Because there's a lot of ways you can lose a, a, a tobacco crop. You can get disease. You can get black shank or blue mold and lose the whole crop. You can have uh, it can be a rain issue. You can get not enough rain or you can get too much rain like they did in Hopkinsville a few years ago where a lot of folks lost 50% or more of their crop because there was too much rain. Uh, you can get hail damage. If it hails early on, it will destroy a, a patch, of, patch of tobacco. And if you do dark fire tobacco, you can have a fire in the barn. And every year or two, you, you'll see a barn burn somewhere that folks were smoking their tobacco and, and they lost it due to, a, due to a fire. There are lots of ways you can lose a tobacco crop, but not this crop, not this work that you've been called to be part of. Notice how Paul says it. He says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, from the resurrection, talk to the people of God, saved people, you. Be steadfast. Stay at it. Don't give up. Immovable. Don't be moved off the mark. The culture is going a hundred different directions. If you look to the culture to tell you what's right, it'll change every year. Every six months in our day, it seems like every week, the culture is telling us what's right and wrong, and it's always shifting. But the people of God are not shifting. We're immovable, steadfast, always abounding in the work of the Lord. There's a work that God's given us to do. The Great Commission is to be owned by every follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. And here's what he says then. Knowing that your toil or your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Twenty years this church has been serving and ministering from just a handful of folks to where it is right now. You know, sometimes ministry can be discouraging and sometimes uh, you can feel like giving up. I was thinking this morning, Miss Ramona, about me and you and um, Brother George Major, and there's three, I think there's three George Majors in Trick County, so this was Major George Major, right? And there was a couple here in, here in Cadiz at that time that we were trying to minister to, and so we had a Bible study out at the church parsonage I was pastoring out at New Hope, and, and George and Ramona would just come for, I think, moral support, and I was trying to teach through the book of Romans in a little five or six people Bible study, and I it was so boring that every now and then Brother George just fell asleep. I'd look over and he'd just be sleeping, Ramona. And, and, and I would be trying to go through the Bible and think, man, nothing is happening here. Nothing is happening. This particular young man, I won't call his name, but uh, he was trying, they were trying to go through recovery, and he would always refer to his, his higher power, and his higher power this, his higher power that. just drove me crazy, and, and I was just, Connie and I would pray for him that, that the Lord would just break through, that he would realize there is a higher power, but he has a name, and his name is Jesus, you know, and, and I was trying to teach, and, and they'd keep coming and coming around. One day, he spoke up, and he said this. He said, you know, I just realized, he said, my higher power has a name, and his name is Jesus. You and I don't know what's going to happen through our ministry, but we've got to stay at it. If God's called you to something, don't give up. If the Lord's called you to, to work somewhere, Jeff, I, I wouldn't ask you to bear your soul, but my guess is there's some days when y'all were first starting that it was very, very difficult right here trying to plant a church, and I'm sure there were some discouraging times. Uh, Matt, there'll be some discouraging times for you. Some of you church members have probably had some discouraging times in this church or another church, but that's just part of it. The Lord tells us, therefore, my beloved brethren, be you steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. I'm going to say this, and I'll close. I was preaching revival a few years ago over in Bardwell, 
Kentucky. Do y'all know where Bardwell is? I like to affectionately say Bardwell is not the end of the world, but you can see it from there. It's pretty, it's pretty close. And, and I was uh, working a full day and then driving to Bardwell. It was about two hours from my house and preaching that night and then driving back home and getting home 11 o'clock, midnight each night and just kind of repeating the same thing every day. And then uh, by, by Tuesday, I was already tired. The revival, just not much was happening. It just felt pretty flat, honestly. It just kind of felt dead as a hammer. I was doing my best preaching, but there wasn't much movement and not much going on. There was no visible fruit from the Lord and honestly I was just kind of discouraged and and I already told you I can get discouraged easily but I was discouraged and was driving down there on Tuesday night thinking man this is awful you know we're gonna do this again tonight and then go home and sleep and try to do it again tomorrow I just kind of wish they just cancel the revival and I was already tired and wore out and just kind of going along complaining and probably even complaining to the Lord a little bit and and all of a sudden this verse fell into my heart I memorized it in King James translation and, and I just started quoting it and it just it came to my mind and I just started saying out loud therefore my beloved brethren be you steadfast unmovable always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain and then I was not only quoting I started preaching to myself a little bit and and I and I was preaching that verse a little bit and you know kind of laying it out and talking to myself while I'm driving down the road and Preachers do that. Don't look at me weird or anything. It's just how we are. And, and so then I started ta asking myself questions, you know. And I was saying, uh, Todd, do you, do you believe the Bible? I said, well, of course I believe the Bible. You know, what kind of question is that? And, and I said, well, do you, do you feel like your labor is in vain? I said, well, I kind of do feel like my labor is in vain this week. I feel like I'm working really hard and, and nothing's happening. And, and then, I, then I said, well, do you believe God would lie? And I said, well, of course the Lord wouldn't, wouldn't lie. And about that time, I understood what, what the Holy Spirit was doing in my heart, that the Lord was saying, just stay at it. Don't give up. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be you steadfast, unmovable. Hey, that's not just for churches, is it? That's for Christian parents trying to raise kids in the environment that we live in today. Be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work. Well, that's not just for, for pastors and, and churches, but that's for, that's, for, that's for married people trying to make marriage work that's for folks trying to make a difference in the world that's for folks who have lost family members and you're praying for them to come to christ and to to be saved therefore my beloved brethren be steadfast unmovable always abounding in the work of the lord knowing that your your labor is not in vain in the lord and then, so i just began to confess and started repenting and got my heart right and should have taken a love offering right there in the car would have probably done pretty well because i was you know, you get the preacher in the right place, you can finally have revival in the, the church. And I went on and preached Tuesday night and Wednesday night. End up three or four folks end up being saved, the revival, and, and it turned out to be, a, in, in many ways, a fruitful revival. But here's the truth of the matter. If no one would have gotten saved, if they would have canceled on Tuesday night, if, if nothing else would have happened, 1 Corinthians 15, 58 is still true. Your labor in the Lord's not in vain. If you're serving Jesus Christ in the place where he put you, whether that's a mother and a father in a home, whether that's a Christian in the workplace, whether it's an active member on the church building ramps and taking mission trips, whether it's a pastor or worship, if you're serving where God has placed you and you're doing it in the power of the Holy Spirit, you can lay hold of 1 Corinthians 15. 15. If you're a teenager trying to live for Jesus Christ in the world today, you can lay hold of 1 Corinthians 15. 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be you steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know, your labor is not in vain. It's not empty. It will accomplish something in the Lord. If you're a child of God today, you have reason to rejoice. Amen? You've got a lot to be encouraged about. You've got reason to stay faithful and keep living for the Lord. I hope you find encouragement in this text. But if you're here this morning and you're not yet a Christian, I want to just say something to you on behalf of this church, on behalf of 
the, of the gospel. The first thing I want to say is God loves you. Amen, church? God loves you. No matter who you are, what you've done, God loves you. But the second thing I want to say is that though God loves you, our sin separates us from God, and we've all sinned. Every one of us have sinned and come short of the glory of the Lord. Sin is like a stain that will not be removed by good deeds we do or churches that we join or baptisms that we undergo or religious rituals that we perform. But paying the price for sin, Jesus Christ, the Savior, the Son of God, went to the cross as our substitute. Jesus died in our place. He took the wrath of God that our sins deserve. And today the promise goes out. Every person, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, shall be saved. Life begins the moment that you give your heart and life to Jesus Christ by faith. If you're here this morning and you're a Christian, you're part of this church, man, praise God for you. And thank the Lord for you, for your faithfulness, for your ministry right here. My prayer for you is it'll just keep going strong and stronger in the days ahead. But if you've joined with us today and you're not yet saved, let me tell you what we want for you. We want you to trust Jesus. We want you to put your faith and trust in Christ right here, right now. You say, preacher, how do I do that? What do, what do I do? Jesus said it this way. He said, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus said, repent and believe the gospel. Repent is an honest admission that you're going in the wrong direction. And you just say, God, I'm going the wrong way. Believe the gospel is that you turn to Jesus and put all of your faith, all your trust in him and say, Jesus, I need you right now to come into my life. Let me lead us in prayer. We're going to have a time of invitation. Father God, thank you for your mercy and grace. Thank you for your word, dear Lord. Holy Spirit, thank you that you... Uh, touch our hearts in a unique way with your word. Thank you that you're doing that even in, in this, this gathering right now. But Lord, we pray especially for those who could be among us who are not yet followers of Jesus. We want them to know you. We want them to be born again into your family. We want them to have the hope that comes from knowing Christ, the promises that the gospel brings to them. And so, Father, I just pray right now that you'd speak to, that you'd speak to them. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. We're going to begin to play a song in just a moment and I just want to ask you where you stand with the Lord if you're here this morning and you're not yet saved do you know that you need to be are you willing to be would you say today right here right now I need to give my heart and life to Christ God brought me here this morning so I could hear the gospel and give my life to Jesus if that describes you would you just turn to him by faith we're not saved by the things that we do we're saved by the one who saves us and for him to save you you just need to call on him just call his name his name is jesus admit the truth about you say lord i'm a sinner and i'm lost and tell him what you need lord i want to be saved i want to be your child and i'm ready for you to come into my life right here right now that's your heart that's your prayer just call on jesus right where you're sitting now many here today you have lost loved ones who are not yet christians in fact if you know somebody that you've been praying for would you just raise your hand good and high and say, I'm praying for someone to be saved. Many across this room are praying for love. Would you just pray right now and just say, Lord God, just ask God to move in their hearts. You pray for your church this morning. Father God, thank you. Thank you for your work and your grace and for this service. Please lead us now in this time of response. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all stand together just for a moment. I'm not exactly sure but I'll just tell you what's on, on my mind. I want to invite you as the pianist plays just for a moment. If there's a need in your life and you need someone to pray for you, your pastor's right here and he'll make his way right down front. If you just want someone to pray for you or pray with you, you can come to your pastor, but you can go to 1,500 people right here in this room and just say, would you pray for me? 
going through something right now in my home and in my family. You don't even have to tell what it is. But just say, would you pray for, for me this morning? We're going to play, play a little bit and give you time to do that. It might be someone needs to unite with this church, and they probably have a special way of how you can join this church. Someone would want to talk with you, but you could make it known this morning. In fact, you could just walk down front and tell Pastor Matt, say, Matt, I want to join this. It's a great church. I've heard a good testimony today, and I want to make this church my church home. It could be there's somebody here this morning that needs Christ as their Savior and Lord, and you've already called on Jesus right where you're sitting. We'd love to celebrate with you today. As we play, would you just make your way down front? Let us talk to you about following Christ, and let us celebrate what God's doing in your life. We'll play just for a moment. If you should come, if you should pray right where you are, if you just need to go somebody in here and just tell them you love them and thank them for their faithfulness through this ministry, then, man, let the Spirit of God guide you. Just go do that right now during these moments as a time of reflection and a time of response. I'll get out of the way. You just do as God's leading you. everybody to hear me right it's been a good morning hasn't it amen it's good to see uh, everybody here we're going to transition in a moment into time to eat and to feast together we feasted on God's word we've worshiped God and now we get to just enjoy one another's time hang out eat enjoy time and here's here's what I want to do here's what I want to do we're going to take we're going to have a few minutes of sort of transition for the food to get set up and I'm sure Debbie and others will uh will lead us and how we're to to go through the line and things like that. But here's what I want you to do. If you're able, would you put up your hands? You can do it. Yes, there we go. I want us to pray. I'm going to ask Jeff uh, Baggett to pray for just a moment. But I want to pray a blessing upon uh, this church for the next decades and decades to come. And he'll also uh, pray for us uh, as we uh, prepare to eat. But it's been a good morning. And so, Jeff, if you'll lead us, let's pray together. <clears throat> 